the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm honored. Today is Thursday, February the 3rd, 2022, in the year of our Lord. Today, on February 3rd, 1943, World War II, the U.S. transport ship SS Dorchester is carrying troops to Greenland. It sank after being hit by a German torpedo in the Labrador Sea. Of the more than 900 men aboard, some 230 survived. Four Army chaplains were on board. All four of them gave away their life jackets to save others, and they went down with the ship. Today in 1690, the first paper money in America was printed in Massachusetts Bay Colony. Today in 1913, the 16th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution providing for a federal income tax was ratified. Yes, it was. Today in 1917, the United States broke off diplomatic relations with Germany the same day an American cargo ship was sunk by a U-boat off Britain. Today in 1927, President Calvin Coolidge signed a bill creating the Federal Radio Commission to regulate the airwaves. Today in 1945, the Allies dropped 3,000 tons of bombs on Berlin. Today, in 1966, the Soviet probe Luna 9 became the first man-made object to make a soft landing on the moon. No people, just an object. Today, in 1966. And today, in 2006, an Egyptian passenger ferry sank in the Red Sea during bad weather, killed more than 1,000 passengers. That's some of the things that have happened in history, the reason that we do this history little piece every <clears throat> every morning is because knowing the past gives you a perspective of the future and the present. The far left, the radicals, the Black Lives Matter and all those people, they know that. That's why they so, are so intent on destroying every element of history in America whether it's a statue, whether it's a, a plaque, a mural, as the case in San Francisco in that high school. Any remnant of actual history is the enemy to the progressive or the far left, the radical. They want to get rid of it because they don't want any connection to history. And yet without that, we do not have and cannot have a proper perspective on the here and now, and on the future. God's word is inspired. It's infallible. It cannot, will not, never have, has been wrong. Heaven and earth will pass away. God's word will never pass away. In the context of God's inspired word, there is a historical thread. God's, the Bible isn't about history. The Bible is about Jesus Christ. The whole Bible is about Jesus Christ from beginning to end. But 
in the context of that, there's a thread of history that has been attacked by the left over time. And interestingly enough, I follow these archaeological digs uh, just out of personal interest. I, I would kind of like to go do that sometime. I mean, sit out there in the desert, you know, with a hat on and dig around in the dirt and find somebody's bones or whatever. I have a real interest in that. I've never done that, and I probably never will, but it would be interesting and fun. But as these archaeologists continue to find relics and find remains of cities, you know, layers and layers and layers below the current earth, you know, the the top of the earth, the streets in the cities or wherever, like particularly in the Middle East, but elsewhere, they find these places and oftentimes they're places that the left has written off. They've said, well, there was no Ur, you know, Abraham wasn't going to Ur, there was no Ur, we have no historical record of Ur. And then some years later, they go, oh, we found Ur, here it is, it's right there. And this happens again and again and again over time. And there was a couple of just recent cases where this this happened. And the more we learn, the more we discover that the Bible is absolutely correct, not only in the message, in God's message, but in the historical account of God's word. It's absolutely correct. And so we stay close to the word of God. That's why Paul said to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, he said, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. A sound mind comes from knowing stuff, not being pushed around by every wind and wave, but knowing stuff that is eternal. And it is, of course, the spirit of power that God gives to us. We are empowered when we come into a personal relationship with God through his son, his only begotten son, Jesus Christ. First Chronicles chapter 28, verse 20 says, And David said to Solomon, his son, Be strong and of good courage, and do it. Fear not, nor be dismayed, for the Lord God, even my God, will be with you. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee, until thou hast finished all the work for the service of the house of the Lord. All of us have purpose, and God has given us a plan for our lives, Jeremiah tells us, and other places. And God, God will not forsake us all the days of our lives. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, Paul writes, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So I would leave that with you as we talk about what's going on in our world today. Finally, my brethren and sisters, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Don't let the world get you down. Don't let all of this stuff, these people are running around out here. Some of them are in power. They're drunk with their own power and importance, but they are insane when it comes to leadership. They simply don't have it. They're doing things that are why even us common folk know it's crazy. And as it turns out, it normally is. COVID mandates around the world are collapsing now around the globe. Nations, a dozen nations just yesterday 
suddenly lifted their restrictions, including some of the most authoritarian, like China and some of them. The COVID narrative is collapsing. Major nations around the globe, including some of the most authoritarian and oppressive since the start of the China-fueled COVID pandemic, are suddenly lifting the restrictions they have put on the people of their country. That's where we are today. Johns Hopkins University came out yesterday with a report. They released a study that shows that our lockdown policies during the pandemic created severe financial and social hardships. I'm quoting from Johns Hopkins University. Severe financial and social hardships, but caused very little health benefit. It's a 62-page study. Hopkins says, Johns Hopkins University says, quote, the lockdowns have had very little to no public health effects. Instead, they were ill-founded and imposed enormous costs in those places where lockdowns were adopted. Lockdowns reduced the COVID mortality by 0.2% on average. That's depressing. I don't mean to be depressing, but that's the truth. They're pretty well recognized. They'll be poo-pooed by the leadership and the elite media because that's not their narrative. But that narrative is collapsing. I guess that's why (laughs) I want to talk to you about truckers today. God bless the truckers. Truckers at the Freedom Convoy in Ottawa, Canada, say they're going to stay put until, (laughs) until they're confident that the Canadian government and there is a U.S. connection here, so stay with me, until the Canadian government will roll back federal vaccine and mask mandates, even though the temperature is below freezing. They're sitting in their trucks. That's what they do a lot of the time. But are they really that opposed to masks and shots? I mean, is it all about that? Not really. It's about much more than that. When U.S. truckers organized last week to follow Canadian truckers and organize their own D.C. Freedom Convoy, oh, the left reacted. Here in the U.S., their experience was a living demonstration of why the truckers are doing what they're doing. They are taking a position against, maybe rebelling against, some of these crazy things that are imposed on people. This goes way beyond shots and mandates. That's certainly a part of it. I have said from the beginning that I don't, I'm not advocating that people get a shot or not get a shot. I am absolutely advocating I will stand through the night if it'll help and proclaim, if anybody will listen, that this is about freedom and liberty. And the United States government, the Canadian government, the Chinese communist government, under God, do not have the right to take over your life to that degree. God created us as free people, and that's what our founders were all about. And they articulated it much better than I can, but that's what it's about. And that's what this is about. And they try to reduce this to the common level, and the media are relentless on these truck drivers, trying to reduce them to just some guys that are uneducated, blue-collar guys who sat behind these big rigs, and now they're really, really, really mad because they don't like the shots. That's a lie. That's not where these people are coming from. I've spent some time reading what they're saying. I wish our press 
would do a little of that too. But our press already has their narrative ready to go to print. They don't care what these guys are doing or saying. They just have their outcome in mind, and that is to abolish them and get rid of them and send them back to their house somewhere where they park their truck. That's the sense you get from listening to and watching the press as they report on this in Canada and now as some truckers in America in the United States are starting to follow, follow suit. The Canadian convoy began on January 23rd. It culminated with hundreds of thousands of demonstrators arriving in Ottawa, Ottawa which is Canada's capital, last Saturday. They were there to pr- protest government mandates. Many of the truckers have remained parked in the same place since the weekend, below freezing temperatures. They honk their horns once in a while. They rev their engines. They start their engines up so they can stay warm in their cab. Travis is one of the truckers. He said, and I quote him, people want change. They feel that we're their last hope because nobody else is listening. So he said, we, meaning the truckers, he said, we're listening and we're here. Another trucker named Eric, he said, until we get the confidence that our government has heard us and is willing to make changes for the people, we're not leaving. We're not going anywhere. Andrew is another trucker. He says, when Canadian President Justin Trudeau says he's going to lift all mandates, I will be glad to go home to be with my family, my grandkids, my pets. These guys aren't crazies. They're truck drivers. They live in the real world. Truck drivers are real people living in the real world. When they hear their anthem, O Canada, they stand up. Even if it means they're driving their truck across the country, they stand up in spirit. And they're willing to sit in freezing weather for days waiting for their elected officials to discover their real world. They hold dear their national anthem, O Canada, our home of native land, true patriot love in all of us command. With glowing hearts we see thee rise, the true north strong and free. From far and wide, O Canada, we stand on guard for thee. God, keep our land glorious and free, O Canada, we stand on guard for thee. O Canada, we stand on guard for thee. That's what this is about. They're patriots. They love their country. They love freedom and liberty. They hate bondage. And they're pretty upset at the people who are administering the bondage. Contributing columnist David Moscrop, he was given all the space he wanted in the Washington Post this week. He wrote this article. He called these truck drivers toxic, toxic freedom convoy. He said they must be confronted head on. You've got to take these truckers on. Well, if he's talking about physically, I would be careful if I were he. Maybe he's never met a trucker. I grew up around a lot of them. Those taking part on their way, he says, ostensibly to protest pandemic measures. No, David, it's about more than that. It's not just that. But the press wants to cook this down in every article to be these guys are just crazies who don't want to get a shot. And that's not who they are, and that's not what this is about. There are some crazy truck drivers. There are some bad truck drivers. There are some bad Catholic priests. There's some bad evangelical pastors. There are bad doctors. There are bad everything. 
because all of us are broken from sin. But truckers as a group are just regular people, and that's what they do for a, for a living. But these guys don't want you to believe that if you don't know. And so they try to cast them as something different than they are with an entirely different motive, a reduced motive, down to a pinpoint, a shot. It's about more than a shot. I don't speak for them, but I know them. Time and time again, we learn the lesson, or at least come across it, he says, this David Mosscrop in Jeff Bezos' Washington Post. He said that teaches us that rage-soaked anti-government types can't be reasoned with. This time around, the convoy has produced an incoherent memorandum of understanding premised upon a misunderstanding of government and observed demands. It's the product of a temper tantrum. I don't think so. It's a product of O Canada, our home, a native land, true patriot love, and all of us command. I think that's what this is about. I don't think this is a temper tantrum. The convoy is, David says in the Washington Post, by and large a fringe group, an unfortunate minority in which a country minority of insidious extremists lurk. They are bolstered by support from conservative politicians and certain blustery media voices. <laughs> They're true threats to liberty. He goes on and on. He says Canada's, Canada's response to the convoy should be a strict line of resistance that doubles down or in certain cases at least introduces commitments to anti-hate resistance, pandemic supports, vaccine mandates, a media policy of refusing to platform, humanize, or, God forbid, glorify the convoy and its members beyond the bare necessity of speaking to their existence and outlining a program for pushing back. And on and on and on this man goes. He has no clue of what the real world is all about. He's calling for he's calling for a violent reaction and response by government to the truckers. The Freedom Convoy, Mosscrop concludes, is a toxic, regrettable movement. It isn't just the Washington Post. Trudeau himself, Canada's Prime Minister. He's demonizing these guys, saying he would prefer to attend a Black Lives Matter protest than to even support these truckers. Black Lives Matter doesn't even have leadership now. The two lesbians that started it have walked away. And there's $90 million, between 60 and $90 million, and nobody's in charge sitting in the bank. But Kohler's, one of the founders of Black Lives Matter, she bought four very luxurious homes, four, last year. Trudeau would rather support that than the truckers. One of the truckers, Andrew, he says, we're all brothers in this together and we're here for one cause, and that's the fight for the freedoms of Canada's, for Canadians and for Canada itself. Matt, who's been parked directly outside the Parliament building, he says he's demonstrating for every Canadian's freedom. He says, whatever, whatever it is that you decide to do, he said, we're not anti-vax, we're not anti-anything. He said, other than anti-mandate, he said, this is a message of freedom for every Canadian. Travis, he's another truck driver, he says, give people their freedom back. Give people their lives back. We want freedom. We want our Canada back. 
I'm having a difficult time. I got to be honest with you, finding the toxic convoy that the Washington Post is talking about. I don't see these men as toxic. I see them as, yes, blue collar. They're not wearing suits and ties, thankfully, but I see them as real people. I know them as real people. Apparently, the U.S. truckers are also toxic. U.S. truckers are censored before they can even spread their toxic ideas about freedom. American truckers have said, "Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do we're gonna join Canada because a lot of this has to do with their being penalized if they're not properly vaccinated and documented and everything about crossing the border." That touches every life in Canada and the United States because Canada is our largest trading partner by far. You don't hear that often, but it's true. You hear about Mexico all the time. Well, Canada is our largest trading partner. I'll tell you, the group titled Convoy to D.C. 2022, they set up and started organizing. And immediately, Mark Zuckerberg took action. He pulled them off Facebook. He didn't have to write an article in the Washington Post. He merely needed to remove them from his Facebook to stop the planning and coordinating. He did that on Wednesday, yesterday. Jeremy Johnson, who set up the Facebook account for the American truckers, he says when they took down the Convoy to D.C. page, he said they also took down his personal Facebook account. Johnson says they like to silence people when they speak the truth. He's right. They do. Johnson and some of these trucker programs have hired a lawyer. They're figuring out what their next step is going to be. But they put up this, this GoFundMe account, and people already started contributing money to it. The Canadian truck drivers set up a GoFundMe account, and it was specifically identified to help them with their expenses while they shut down and don't haul anything and make money and do what they're doing. You know how much money came in? The people across Canada, in just a matter of two or three days, $10 million. It isn't just about the truckers. People all across Canada and all across the United States, they're sick and tired of the way this thing is going. They're sick and tired of Joe Biden shuffling out to a microphone occasionally and dropping more restrictions on our lives and then shuffling away and not answering and being accountable for what he's doing. They're sick and tired of it, and so am I. If we could bring back our founders, I can tell you they would pound their fist till they'd break their lectern. They gave their lives and fortunes for this. Abraham Lincoln gave his life for this kind of freedom that these people are taking away from us. It isn't godly, it isn't biblical, and it isn't culturally right. It's immoral. And that's what's happening. A spokesman for Facebook parent company, Meta, which, by the way, lost 23%, not because of this, but just generally, lost 23% of its value yesterday on the stock market. That's huge. It's horrendous. A lot of people will get hurt that own stock in Facebook if it doesn't recover. Anyway, I digress. I don't own any stock in Meta or, I mean, just on principle alone, I, I wouldn't. Anyway, the spokesman for Facebook's parent company, the Meta, they call it now, he gave this statement to Fox News yesterday. 
He said, we have removed this group for repeatedly violating our policies around QAnon. He said, these, I mean, they're, what they're trying to say is these drivers are all QAnon. These drivers aren't all anything. They're just all American in the United States, and they're all Canadian in Canada. They just love their country, and more than that, they even love freedom. They call the, Fox says that Facebook is calling these guys violence-inducing conspiracy network. Truckers Johnson and Brace are laughing at Facebook's characterization of them and other truckers. They say they anticipate a wide range of Americans. They said, we're not checking out what everybody is and who they, where they go to church or who they associate with. I mean, these trucks are just coming. And I mean, it's a it's not a small thing. It's huge. But they're coming out in support of this cause. The cause is freedom. The trucker's cause is not about a shot. It's about the government forcing people to do things they don't want to do and then punish them with their livelihood. And it isn't just the truckers, people in almost every walk of life. It's about freedom of choice. It's about what the abortionists have been yelling in our faces for years. Women's choice. Well, everybody has a choice in real freedom. Let me leave you with this. Two things. One, remember the late, great Paul Harvey's piece on So God Made a Farmer? Perhaps it's time for a similar piece titled So God Made a Trucker. I didn't get this from anybody. It just came to me. So I'll give you a couple of lines. Maybe you can think of something and write it down better than I. Maybe not better than Paul Harvey, but along the lines of Paul Harvey. Perhaps it could begin as Paul Harvey began on the eighth day, but maybe it could say something like this. On the eighth day, God looked down on our beautiful communities and said, I need somebody willing to work hard, risk their lives, and travel the back roads to create a supply chain for people. So he created a trucker. God said, I need somebody willing to rise early and work late and sleep on the road in the back of the cab to deliver Cheerios to kids so they can have a healthy breakfast. So he created a trucker. God said, I need someone to press through the night to deliver medicine to those whose life depends on it and deliver Christmas gifts to the little one who anticipates it. So he made a trucker. And God said, I need someone who will stand up for what is right, for freedom, for liberty, when both are under attack. So he made a trucker. That's how far I got with that. Not trying to be Paul Harvey, but trying to put down some of my thoughts. You can finish that if you want to. You can even send it along to me. I'll be happy to read it. But I also included a video in an article that I wrote on faithandfreedom.us today. It shows the truckers in a meeting in the morning in this looks like a big kind of a banquet area of a restaurant. And spontaneously, they take off their hats. Most of them are wearing wool, like beanie, you know, warm hats. They take off their hats and they begin together. Nobody announces it. They just do it. They begin saying together in unison the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That's the truckers that I've known over my lifetime. God bless the trucker. And may they stand firm for freedom. Thank you for your support of this ministry. It's um, much needed and much appreciated. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Box 399, 
Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Thanks for standing with us as we keep it real and tell it like it is. I'll see you tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.